the reveal of who I was talking to and the scandalous exchange of conversation on Facebook Messenger and Tim Kelly as my guest on the Stone On Air podcast, take two. Stone On Air coming up. Completely unsanctioned by the church. Stone On Air. Whatever, let's just do this. Stone On Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Give human beings opportunity and you'll be absolutely shocked with what people do with it. Stone On Air coming up. Stone On Air. All right, well, let's try this again, shall we? It's the Stone on Air podcast, the August 4th edition, being posted to SoundCloud and all the podcasting delivery systems on the 5th. Thank you for being here. minor miracle happened on my way over here today to redo the beginning of the Stone On Air podcast for August 4th to be delivered on August 5th from Main Street downtown Chattanooga to the campus of Chattanooga State Community College. I only stopped at two traffic lights. That is a minor miracle. And as critical as I am of, of traffic flow in this city all the time, if you listen to the old show at the old station, Fraud Radio, I always mess it up, Talk Radio 102.3, then you know that that is um, a very important thing to me, being able to get around the city with ease and not being herded like cattle. Um, and so as negative as I can be, I'll also be positive. When I get a good experience, I'll get that out there and let you know as well. But that doesn't happen very often, so we'll see how it goes as I head back down that way to go back downtown here in a matter of about 20 minutes from right now. My name is Brian Stone. Um, Yeah, so a big mess up yesterday, and I apologize for the delay of the podcast, but I appreciate you guys' patience, and I appreciate you being here. I will be to, I'll let you know what we got going on here in just a minute. First, I'm going to tell you, coming up in just about three or four minutes from now, I'm going to give you the numbers, and the numbers have changed since yesterday. The numbers are 13, 1,378, 3, 1,005, and 45. What are those numbers? I'll tell you what those numbers are here in just a couple of minutes. Um, I did lose a lot of the show yesterday. Luckily, thankfully, I did not lose any of the audio with uh, of the two segments of interview with Tim Kelly. Um, I would have been very upset to have lost that audio and had wasted my time, but much more importantly, his time. And that thankfully did not happen. So I do have those two segments. We talk about uh, the Chattanooga Football Club um, as the season came to an end last week. Unfortunately, as we were hoping to be in the championship this week, that didn't happen. Um, but another successful season. We talk about local uh, local business, uh, entrepreneurship, um, and just a handful of other things. And so that'll be coming up in the uh, the following two segments of today's podcast. Uh, the numbers I'm talking about. Uh, first of all, I will tell you, coming up Stone's Throw, what most of you are here for, who I was talking to on the Facebook Messenger, and what we were talking about. It's coming up in the Stone's Throw segment. The numbers, 1,378. That's the number of plays that this podcast has gotten on SoundCloud alone. 1,378 since July 18. Is that a good number? I'm not sure. It's impressive to me. I'm not sure how great of a number it is, but I like it. And by far more plays than I've ever gotten on any digital platform. Uh, 229. What's that number? Average per show. Now, I'm not dumb. I understand. Most of them were for the first episode because of my kind of uh, candidness about the firing from Talk Radio 102.3. Yeah, I got it right that time. 229, though, is the show average. Three. 
What's three? Well, that's new podcast distribution outlets, if that's how you, you call it. Podcast distributor editions. I'm not real sure. Still trying to figure out the lingo. Uh, now on Stitcher, Google Play Music, and TuneIn as of this week to go along with iTunes, SoundCloud, and um, wherever else. I'm And StoneOnAir.com. I am pretty sure that this show is available on virtually every single podcasting application on the planet. Uh, not totally sure of that, but... I'm getting close. Uh, the numbers 1,005 and 45. What are those numbers? 1,005 hours and 45 minutes since I have last listened to Fraud Radio, Talk Radio 102.3. I said out loud at one point that I thought that maybe once I got to 1,000 hours, I would break the boycott and eventually maybe go listen to Let's Talk Money. But nah, I don't feel like it yet. I will eventually. I'll listen again someday. I'll never listen again, damn it. Well, we all know that's not true, and everybody eventually will listen or do or watch or whatever you say you won't do again. But 1,005 hours and 45 minutes since I've last turned on the FM dial to the frequency 102.3 FM because I was fired from there back on June 24th because I was having a Facebook conversation with somebody who was that and what were we talking about is the subject matter of Stone's Throw. Heads up. It's Stone's Throw. What? What? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. Beep, beep. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? Having to do this show twice kind of sucks. I don't really remember everything I said yesterday, so I'm just kind of starting over and winging it from uh, from scratch. But, uh, yeah, Cumas Chattanooga, very short-sightedly and uh, very knee-jerk reaction, fired me from um, after 13 years of, of, of working for them. If you want all that information, go back to the July 18th podcast, the first one of the new runs since then, uh, over on SoundCloud and uh, anywhere else that you can find the show. And you can listen to all the details, I'll assume, going forward at this point that you already know or you've already listened to that podcast who i was talking to the reason i didn't say out loud who it was at the time because i got a lot of people saying well who are you talking to man who are you talking to who are you talking to well i i didn't want to i didn't want to bury the lead okay i didn't i didn't want to cloud judgment because who i was talking to was a very polarizing figure and I didn't want to be, oh, well, I'll roll my eyes. Now I get it. Now it makes sense. Now I see why Brian was fired. Now it all makes sense. Because it doesn't. It isn't that simple. And so I didn't want to bury the lead, and I didn't uh, I didn't think it was important. Well, now barely anybody cares. And uh, just trying to move along with this podcast thing. And I think some people, you know, I, I will will walk away and say, oh, what a jerk that guy is. Of course he, of course he got fired. Some of you probably say, well, yeah, it makes sense. Dude, what did you expect? I think most of you will say, "Yeah, that's that's pretty unfair." But what I will, what I, I will let a, a a company or a peer group or a family member uh, give me guidance and advice as to who I should or shouldn't involve myself with, who I shouldn't should be partnerships with, who I should or shouldn't have social media interaction with, like on a public stance. I will let I will I will take your advice. I will duly note it. But what I will not do. I will not let my friends, my peer groups, my family, or my my employer, what I will not let them do is dictate who my friends are. That will never happen. And who I was talking to on the Facebook Messenger is a friend of mine. His name is Robert T. Nash. His full name is Robert Timothy Nash. Now, I think most people might have guessed that, that who knew me probably guessed that's who I was talking to. There's probably a collective gasp in the you know podcasting internet world. Oh, can you believe the nerve of that guy to be talking to such a toxic voice like Robert T. Nash? Listen, I get why you don't like him. I get why you don't like a lot of people. I get why people love things and I get why people dislike things. But once again, nobody will dictate who my friends are. Do you know what the word misanthrope means? You probably don't. Go look it up. Do you watch South Park, the cartoon show on Comedy Central? Do you watch that show? And do you laugh? You probably do. 
and it's kind of the same, cut from the same concept, not comedy-wise. Not, I'm not, 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 don't mean from that angle. I mean from subject matter. It's cut from that same kind of, of cloth. Am I in business with RTN? No. Am I in partnership with RTN? No. Uh, do I work with him? Do I want to? Kind of. Yes. The answer to that is technically kind, yes. But do I? No. And am I going to? Very likely not. But I will not apologize at any point for, for, for considering him my friend. I've worked with him, known him for over a decade. He's always been incredibly kind and to me and offered me good advice over the years in a working environment and in just a social environment. So that's who I was talking to. If for some reason that pisses you off so bad, you're not, gonna, you're not interested in what I have to do anymore, well, then I was going to lose you soon anyway. So I'm not worried about it. See you later. It would, it, you're, you're sensitive enough that any minute from now, I'm going to say something else that's going to piss you off. So if that was it, if that's a deal breaker, see ya. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate your, uh, your, your, your support. But, you know, see you later. You, you're, you'll find some reason to dislike me if that's the reason that you're going to, that you're, you know, it's a deal breaker. But what were we talking about? That's the next thing. Because even when I got presented this, I thought, wow, heesh, I don't know what I said in there. Uh, I don't really care. That's not the point. The point is my privacy was totally infringed upon. But what did I say? Well, I went back and looked. I didn't say a whole lot. And I'm going to tell you, highlighted through here, all the por- portions of this that I know that the former employee over at Fraud Radio, Talk Radio 102.3, what they had a problem with. So we're going to go. They went back to May 2015. This is the Stone on Air podcast. This is my conversation with Robert T. Nash through Facebook Private Messenger. We'll start on April 5th. Seven o'clock at night, so not at, not at, not on a work computer. Uh, this was referring to my Sunday show at the time, which was a ver- variation of what you're listening to now. Me to Robert T. Nash. They are so pissed at you. I've been told to never mention your name on the air, and they went as far as telling me to remove the two second clip of your voice from my show show open. Just thought you'd find that interesting. I continue. I am not removing the clip. I'm going to alternate uh, alter it oddly, and then just use a little sarcasm. Until they tell me to stop that. Robert T. Nash to me, just be careful. You are young with prospects and they are old with none. My conscience is mostly clear. We continue on to April 15th at 8 o'clock. He's uh, asking me to help promote a friend of his show at JJ's. And for some reason, I went down this road. This was at 8 o'clock at night on a Friday. So the station, I'd be talk radio 102.3, is going down in a very slow burn. It's painfully slow. And I have very little interest in being involved with things that aren't directly related to me. Now, I can see why my employees would have a problem with that comment. That's me to Robert T. RT, I would like to disagree with you, but my heart's of hearts, I know it's true. Me, directionless. RT, Jeff is a true talent, Jeff Styles, but the burnout is audible. I respond, no doubt. Totally agree. Robert T. Nash, I love Bill Lockhart as a friend, but he will sit there and watch it all wither and die before he says or does anything. I hope Kevin has something to come home to. It's Kevin West, uh, news and uh, program director who's off in the Middle East with his Navy job. I come, I respond, I have no confidence Kevin will even have a job when he gets back. I still mean that. I don't have confidence in that. Uh, this is the most interesting line of, of anything here. Uh, without getting into too much detail on my true thoughts, because I don't want to electronically incriminate myself. Too late, huh? <laughs> Every person working in radio in this town is terrified of getting fired, budget cut, or laid off by the end of every current year. It's destroying progress. Now I would like any radio professional in this city to sit down and debate with me on that, because you'll lose that debate all day long. There's nothing but truth to that. He responds, this is another one that the, the brass over at Cumulus had, I'm sure, a huge problem with. Robert T. Nash to me. I could be wrong, but I say they show Scott chase the door within 90 days. Well, doing the math has been over 90 days, so he was wrong. My response, I think his title buys him some time. It's just over. Radio as a viable profession is dead. Radio and broadcasting as a hobby and supplemental income is still very much alive. Again, industry professional. Sit down with me and argue with me that point. You'll lose. I didn't say anything that wasn't true uh let's see what are we talking about here we start talking about uh, living wages um 
I go on to say uh, this is just further, when is this? This is also that same night, April uh, 15th, after 8 o'clock. I said to uh, Robert T., I said, I have formally informed both Bill and Scott, Bill Lockhart and Scott Chase, that roughly by this time next year, without a real compensation conversation, I will no longer be working for poverty wages. I have mentioned as much in passing to Jeff, but only because I, can, I haven't been able to corner him for a real conversation. Robert T. to me, I am still very angry over the, my departure. Uh, this one goes kind of long and rambles a little bit. It says, uh, Scott Chase told me, nobody is bigger than the radio station. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way. To this day, I go out of my way to insult him upon sight. I responded to that. Scott Chase is the ultimate bureaucrat. And that's what Cumulus Chattanooga is, is bureaucracy. If you don't do what $150,000 I-8 BMW driving John Lewis says, if you're not on board with him, then you're part of the problem and you'll be gone. Uh, and then we just start talking about uh, money. Nothing really important there. Then the next page and a half is me and him talking about going to Nightfall. Richard Floyd, is that his name? Lloyd, sorry. Richard Lloyd from the old band uh, Television was playing, and it ended up being an incredible show. Um, but the entire page and a half of talking about going to Nightfall. Then the next page, his entire page and a half, talking about Cracker and Camper Van Beethoven, bands you probably never heard of, but we both love. Brian Stone, the Stone on Air podcast, and my conversation through Facebook Messenger, they got me fired with Robert T. Nash. Then a page and a half of all the, the, the dirt and the, what ended up being completely true information about the mayor, Bobby Stone, and Lacey Stone. A story that Fraud Radio 102.3 decided to bury because of their relationship with the people involved and to try to distance themselves from the guy who actually got the scoop, Robert T. Nash, because they didn't want to believe what he had was true. And so they buried it. And so they're, I'm sure they're mad about that. That's another page and a half there. Getting close to the end here. May 24th, 3 o'clock. Once again, I'm not at work. I send a message to Robert T. Nash. says, are you listening to Joyce today? That would be Brian Joyce in the afternoon. I consider him a friend of mine. I have no problem with him. I said, uh, I, said I have not. Is he talking about this? Referring to the mayor scandal. Robert T. responds, serious talk. I tune my set to WSMC when Let's Talk Money ends. I respond, he opened with, should it be a hate crime to assault a cop? And then I said, it was an accident that I even caught that much of the show. So the answer to the question was no, he wasn't talking about it. On May 25th, Robert T. emails me, how's the emotional weather report over there? I said, I responded, RT, Jeff is having an incredible conversation about mouth sores. This is what Jeff, me and Jeff Styles does. Takes a five-minute plug and stretches it for 45 minutes so he doesn't have to do any work. It's a travesty. Jeff Styles, I love you to death. You were my mentor for years. I've been listening to you since I was a teenager. That's true. What I just said is true. Robert T. to, to me to response to that. Years ago, St. Bill Lockhart, St. Bill B. Lockhart leaned into my face with his hot, stinking breath and angrily said, not even Jesus Christ gets a full segment. And he was right. Uh, let's see, just about done here. I still, we don't even go into that. I st- I call Jerry Harvey an imbecile. We talk about him for a minute. I could talking junk about Jerry Harvey. We all do. And then the final, and then, uh, so they, that, that, that they've got their ammunition, right? There's what they need. I'm I promise you I'm not leaving any parts out. And then the very end on June 24th at 3:45 PM is when I respond at 1258, which would have been 10 minutes after I was fired. Robert T. Nash says, dude, anything I can do, please advise. Send word when you feel like doing so. Two hours later, when I felt like doing so, I said, somehow, John Lewis and Scott Chase got a hold of Facebook direct personal messaging between you and me dating back to May of 2015. There's only two ways that could have happened. One is you personally sent them to them. Or two, they got a hold of it through computers or my phone or something along those lines. I believe it was the latter. Robert T. responds, I am so sorry. I did not, nor would not, supply them with anything. We need to talk. I said, I know you didn't. I was just pointing out that there are only two ways that that information could have been gathered. And there you go. That's it. That's the list. That's it. That's what was discussed. Now, I know some of you are probably saying, well... 
You made your bed, bro. There you go. Dummy. What are you, dumb or something, dude? Of course. Of course you got fired for that. I think most people can look at look at that, listen to that, and think, you know what they could have done? They could have said, hey, we stumbled upon this on accident. We can't unsee it. And we apologize for having this, but we just need to have a conversation philosophical here. Are are you are we on the same page? Do we play for the same team? Because if not, you need we need to part ways. Maybe have a you know just just a clean break and 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 be amicable about it. Amicable about it. Or we can set up a couple of guidelines and we can continue on like this never happened. Oh man, sounds like such a rational discussion, doesn't it? Such a rational discussion. Nope, not in that world. Not with paranoid cowards. Good thing is, in about five years or more, I'll still be here. They won't. John Lewis and his $150,000 i8 BMW won't be here. Scott Chase will be sitting at home without a job. I'll still be here, and so will the internet. So will that gig. We'll be up to like 10 gigs by then. All right. Thank you guys for your patience. That's it. Tim Kelly for the rest of the hour. Talk about CFC, local economy, and just a conversation. Tim Kelly, coming up next on the Stone on Air podcast. Now back to more Stone on Air. Psychological torment. Stone on Air. You're back with the Stone on Air podcast. My buddy Wes Hartman and his band Planet. It's new, uh, I guess you could call it single. I don't know how that works anymore. From their new album. It's called Weather. And again, I'm the producer, director, show host, receptionist, janitor. So I can do whatever I want. So we'll listen to it for a minute. Had them on the old show on the weekend at stoneonair.com. You can check out. That was one of the videos we did. So um, they came in and played at least three songs with us. When I say we, it was me and Nathan and Tara. A lot of times I refer to this show as we, and I mean I. Again, I'm Brian Stone and doing this thing here every week until school starts. Which is on the 22nd, I believe. And... Um, so I figure I'll use these studios until then. And uh, next week, when I come in, which will be the middle of the week, I will uh, give you kind of a an update on the direction of, of the plan from from here. And it's still not put together yet, but conceptually anyway. I'll, uh, I'll tell you more about that next week in the middle of the week at some point. Uh, so, yeah, I just mentioned uh, if you missed, uh, of course, you didn't miss because you're still in the middle of a podcast. I mean, we're used to this you know, radio stuff. Got to reset. Got to reset. Well, you, you're already here. You already know what we're doing. Robert T. Nash is my friend. Sorry if that offends you. Now, I'm not going to get in, into bed with him. I'm not going to work with him. I'm not going to, I'm not going to you know, invest in, uh, in, in local uh, companies with him. But he's my friend, and I'm, I'm not going to apologize for that. So uh, there's the, pretty much the wraps on that. Everybody who says you need to not talk about that, Brian, you need, to, you need to be the bigger man and don't talk about that. Why wouldn't I not talk about it? Why wouldn't I? It has to do with my life, and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Why would I not talk about it? The bridge was burned, and it wasn't by me. My guest uh, today, instead of a, like a local artist or musician that I've done many times, is uh, uh, I, I refer to it on, um, on Facebook uh, as a uh, Local uh, entrepreneurial uh, automotive guru Tim Kelly is that is that fair, Tim? Ah, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm an old musician too, so I probably fit that bill. As I well, did not know that. I'm a drummer. I started playing the drums when I was about three years old. Wow. Okay. Uh, cool. Used to play around locally, but don't have much time for it anymore, unfortunately. 
except at CFC games occasionally. Well, you got to have the drums out at the CFC. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the primary instrument, which we'll talk uh, uh, about that here very shortly. Just real quick, Tim. Um, I have, I, I'd like to think that I've got an audience that's a, a little bit different than maybe the audience I used to have. Yeah. Um, and so if you just quickly had to give somebody a, a bio as to who you are and what you do in this city, what would you tell them? Man, that's a tough one. Um, I know it's kind of long, you know. Yeah, well, you know, look, uh, first and foremost, I am a Chattanooga, I guess. I mean, I think that drives a lot of what I do. I, I went to school and uh, went to school here locally, grew up here, um, went away to school in New York, Almost stayed there and then came back. And it was at a time when Chattanooga was really just kind of getting its act together, late 80s, and thought, eh, I'll see what happens here a couple of years, but I'll split if things don't get better. Because at that point, you know, Chattanooga was still kind of an armpit. Late 80s, for yeah. sure. And I, mean, I just, I, my family moved here in 86. Yeah. And I was six. Yeah. So I don't remember. I remember being closer to 10 around 1990. Yeah. And yeah, it was a I totally different July place. of 89 is when I moved back. I think that's right. And, uh, you know, but it was right before the aquarium, you know, the aquarium started happening. And I remember when 212 uh, Market went in and I thought, well, you know, this could be pretty cool if it lasts. And of course, the rest <clears> is history. But, um, I, you know, uh, my both my parents were only children and my the family business was here. And I came back and got involved. And yeah, I'm a car guy, third generation car guy, but I'm also kind of... Uh, Kelly Kelly Subaru. Kelly Subaru, exactly. Used to used to have more dealerships than that, but I'm down to that one because it's, it's the best one and uh, life is a lot simpler that way. But I, I'm involved in a lot of other things as well um, on a lot of nonprofit boards and obviously Chattanooga FC and have a couple of other uh, um, business interests. So first and foremost, though, I guess a Chattanooga guy, you know. Well, that's what I want to talk about. The, the motivation for, for having you in for the uh, the podcast this week was the end of the season, yeah. CFC, on uh, on Saturday. And um, our mutual friend, and we want to talk about the old station, Fraud Radio. Ah, I always mess it up. Talk Radio 102.3. Yes. Uh, Bill Lockhart, we've all, we both have a similar opinion kind of on the big – we're the big event guys. Yeah. We, we like to be involved with whatever the big event is, mm-hmm. whether we even care what the event is. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be something as simple as the uh, Four Bridges Arts Festival at the Pavilion or what, whatever it is, right? I subscribe to that theory. It's fun. It's just it's interesting to see people who are passionate about what they're doing. And so for year, about three or four years ago, I don't remember exactly because I, I remember um, I remember when they first started. I was working over at the other station across town, and you were, uh, you guys had some cross promotion stuff there. But I didn't care about soccer. Who cares about soccer? Right. And uh, so about three or four years ago, a friend of mine who had who kind of infiltrated, and I infiltrated through him into some of the hooligans. It's like, man, you need to come down here and just at least have a beer. Yeah, check this out. Totally. And I came down and I did. I was like, just like a lot of people do at Mox games, I hung out and then left. Which always irritates the hell out of me when I'm at a mox game. Yeah, right. So I'm doing, but I'm doing that exact same right. thing. And so then another year goes by, probably into 15, 14. I don't remember the exact uh, the, the timeline exactly. I start going to the games. I'm like, okay, well, this is pretty fun. Grab a beer and hang out. And then into this year, and, and then you know they're winning and winning. Of course, you, you can't. It's hard to ignore a winner. Yeah, you know. So I keep. They just. They just. They hardly ever lose. You know. I can appreciate that. And so then last year, the big run, we all know the numbers, 18,000 at the championship and all that. So I'm starting to to then watch the game. Yeah. And then into this year, I was going and watching every minute of the game. <laughs> yeah. I've always been this soccer is not going to make it in this country yeah. guy. Yeah. And I was wrong. And I'm not, I'm not totally wrong yet, but no. I, I will be wrong eventually, I believe. And th- on Saturday night, I was watching the game. And when they lost, it was like... Hands on my face. Oh, no! It no! Yeah. This can't happen. Uh, you and me both, brother. I was, was like emotional about it. Ah, dude. And so too. it is an incredible, uh, it's incredible run. Let's start from the beginning on, on, the, on the Chatting Football Club. Uh, leading into, uh, let's talk with timeline. Yeah. Around 7, 8, 07, 08, roughly. And then the first year was 09. Right. We're in the middle of the Great Recession. Yes, the we Great were. Recession, the worst economic downturn in 70 years. Mm-hmm. And you guys decide to start a soccer league in a 22,000-seat football stadium. How did, the, how did that just briefly come about? And did someone not say to you, this is about as crazy an idea as I've ever heard? Yeah, we heard that. You know, but the thing that we, the original board members and I all shared was just to love 
of the game. It sounds cheesy, but it's true, you know. And uh, the way it happened, um, Thomas Clark, who's still one of our, our board members and now works in commercial real estate for Lamppost, was a young guy, just got out of the Air Force Academy and had played in Birmingham for an NPSL team down there and had come back. I didn't even know him at this point. He was friends with Crew Brock. Uh, and approached Crew and Daryl Heald and said, you know, this 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 was really cool. You know, the barrier to entry is not real high. We could join the league. It wouldn't be much. And Crew was a big soccer fan. Daryl's a big soccer fan. And they said, well, let's see if we can pull it together. Um, unbeknownst to me, this is probably 10 days before me coming into the conversation. Uh, they all had covenant ties, right? They called Sheldon Grizzle, who, who I knew from Create Here stuff. Sure. And Sheldon called me because I knew Frank Burke and knew I was a, a soccer fan. Or I don't, I'm not even sure if Sheldon knew that yet. And about being able to play at Finley and about getting it together. And within like a month, it was the whole thing was Was Frank still running. running the stadium then? Yeah, he was. Okay. So that was the thing. So I, you know, and then Sean McDaniel came in, Cruz brother Marshall. We all kind of just sort of got together. And really, honest to God, we, the, any one of them would tell you, we would be, we would have been thrilled to have 500 people there. We did, we never saw it as a, I mean, I think for the first three years, we never looked at, you know, we were just like, do we have enough money in the shoebox to put on the next game? We didn't pay the coach. It was just, you know, it was just, let's see what happens. And uh, it was kind of a, if you build it, they will come sort of thing. And um, so, yeah, that first game, we had like 1,600 people there, and it was a thunderstorm, and we thought, oh, shit, you know, we're, we're probably onto something here, you know. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. I mean, we, as a board, everybody kind of has their part to play, and, and everybody kind of pitched in and, and just kind of got it done, and that's how it's always been. Um, you know, cut to, I can't believe it's been what, like eight years, six years, seven, seven or eight years now, eight years. It's been, yeah. Seven, seven, seven plus years. Yeah. So to, to the, uh, to the mild soccer fan, which would, would, which would be me. And I know a little bit more because I'm there a lot. Uh, the MPSL, yep. uh, explain what, what kind of league is that? Cause it's it, part of the reason that I believe that soccer hasn't made it quicker in this country is because for a hundred years, our, our sport was baseball and two people win on either side and then they play for the world series. Right. And it's very simple and you don't have to do, you don't have to understand a lot, throw yeah, the ball, exactly. catch the ball. Yeah. Very easy. Um, our, our, our brains generally are very, they, they can't handle a lot of information at once. Yeah. Soccer's got a lot of information at once as far as the different levels of friendlies and this and that. Yeah. What, explain the MPSL and, and, and how amateur, semi-pro, semi-amateur. Uh, so that's the irony. Is that on the field, the game itself is the simplest game in the world. You know, it's like put the ball in the net. The only thing you have to worry about is, uh, is you know, offsides, which is the same as hockey. But, but the league-wise, uh, the best way to describe it is probably it, it would be like if you had – well, in every other country but this one, it'd be like Major League, AAA, AA, and Single A baseball all playing in one big, you know, pyramid. And and you'll hear talk in soccer about promotion relegation. Well, what well, all that is, it would be like the Braves if they suck, if they finish last, like one of the do. bottom like they do, <laughs> one of the bottom three teams in the major leagues, they'd go down to AAA. And the top three teams in AAA would come up to the major leagues and oh. all and all the way down the line, right? So top three teams in AA would go up to AAA. Top bottom three teams in AAA would go down to AA. Well, buddy, it's marketing gold, right? Because not only are you worried about who's going to win the league, you're worried about who's going to drop. And so you got two really good stories to tell, uh, and it creates it creates some really great drama. So it's performance based. It's performance based, but less of a uh, per player and more per team, organization, which, which is all that really matters at the end of the day. You know, it's a team. But but all that said, it doesn't have. This is the only country in the world, the only one, where that does not happen. So MLS, uh, USL. Uh, NASL, so and NPSL, there are four leagues in the U.S. They do not promote and relegate. It, it, within soccer circles, there's a huge hue and cry for that, not only just because it's more fun for the fans, but because it creates the competitive pressure to produce better players. And Jurgen Klinsmann, the coach of the U.S. national team, has come out in support of promotion and relegation and said, like, this is what it's going to take sure. for the United States to to produce better soccer players. Because and, and, and 
Now I'm, I'm a you know big reader as well, and you know kind of the cerebral guy on the CFC board, uh, always trying to push everybody else to pick this book up and read it about the business of soccer. Uh, and you know, and the irony of it is, this is the most capitalistic country in the world, has the freest markets in the world, except for sports. Most American sports. Um, leagues are cartels mm-hmm. they're they're closed and that's and that's why they make so much money uh because they control all the they money. control everything and the and there's they're basically little socialist uh um you know communes well, the, they, the, they the, pool the, the profit the nfl is the biggest example of that uh, exactly I mean, and and you know i'm not trying to get political at all because it's just a it's a pick your flavor type of thing but i can tell you this if you're trying to produce players or, or trying to um you know, mimic uh, you know the best practices in the world. Promotion and relegation is is the way to go, and so I, I, that's a little off topic from what you asked. But because of that, you've got these four leagues, and they in in the United States, USL, NPSL, um, and they're kind of in this order. Uh, they'd go MLS at the top, then probably most people would say NASL, then USL, and then NPSL, and then there's another one, PDL, which is kind of on the same level. So it's a cluster. It's a dog's breakfast, as my <laughs> English brother-in-law says. When this idea was coming together in the, towards the end of last decade, um, it's real easy to look back and say, yeah, hello, well, look at this great thing I put together. This is awesome. Did you really think that it was going to be a profitable venture? Did no. you really think it was going to be a good idea in that, no. in that response, in no. that respect? Hell no. No, we thought we, you know, we hoped and our hope, our, our dream was just to, you know, um, to put a successful team on the field, to make a difference, you know, in the quality of life of Chattanooga, to add something, you know, to the to the environment. And that's all we really ever hoped for. I mean, it is so far beyond what we ever thought it would be. But now, kind of like the dog chasing the car that caught it, um, we're, you know, we've sort of pushed out and said, okay, well, you know, we can do things with a foundation, with soccer and kids in the community. We, yeah. can, we can improve youth soccer with an academy. So... Um, and we're not we're not stopping there. We you know I mean again there's there's somebody inside the city that that runs softball. We should have somebody like that for soccer. Sure. Right. We should be building soccer fields. Any kid can play soccer. You don't even you need a ball and two goals. You don't need equipment. That's part of why it's one of the most you know worldwide yeah, uh, so, sports is because it's easy it's easy to put together a game. Yeah. Uh, kind of like basketball in the same response uh, same respect. Yeah. Tim Kelly, my guest on the Stone on Air podcast. Um, talking uh, not all soccer, but uh, a little bit. Yep. Uh, we'll. Uh, I, I got a little Rorschach test here coming up uh, in the next segment. I'll do. I'll, I'll save one of those thoughts I had for later. Um, let's shift gears just a little bit sure. here before we wrap up this segment here. Again, I can. I mean, we don't have a real clock. We can do this as long as we want. Yeah. It's just sometimes I in the in this podcasting world we were talking about it. You know, off the airs. I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know. Is brevity where I need to be? Yeah. Do we, do we, you know, do we, you know, I know some like Mark Marin and Joe Rogan, they do this stuff for like hours yeah. and you just sit around and talk and talk. I'm like, man, I don't, I'm not going to sit there for two freaking hours. Yeah. So still trying to figure all that out. But uh, talk about, uh, we'll talk about some local e- economy stuff. Um, it was around, speaking of the downturn, when you were getting into the the, the soccer business and in the car business, yeah. that, that, that had to have been a, uh, uh, I don't know what the right word is. I'll just use interesting time. Well, it was a distraction for me. I would have gone nuts. I mean, we were looking at bankruptcy. I mean, it was a terrible time. We were, I, you know, probably my greatest accomplishment in business is just staying, staying alive. afloat through that because it was a total disaster and lost, you know, th- four dealerships through the GM bankruptcy. We didn't file bankruptcy, but they did, yeah. which totally screwed us. And so the soccer club for me, as you know, I'm kind of an energizer bunny. I drive a lot of the other board members crazy. Um, my favorite saying is good as the enemy of great, you know, and so we're always sure. pushing, pushing, pushing to see how we can do better. But it was a hugely um, important outlet for me well, for energy. Because when, when you get a downturn in the economy, whether it be on a local base or especially on a national base, a couple of the, the first things, at least one I've, I've read many times and others, uh, the autom- uh, automobile industry is one of the ones that really suffers quickly in uh-huh. advertising, <laughs> a- advertising businesses and, 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 and your media and people who rely on advertising and car sales yeah. are a couple of the first things and then probably home sales after that. And then the, the, domino, uh, the uh, domino effect goes yeah. from there. But if you look at the history of the economy, 
we're due for another one of those. Oh, sure. Pretty soon. Is that is when you day in day out car business working yeah. on your bit? Do you do you think about that long term? Think yeah. of what? How do I operate sure. if if we start to have that kind of thing again? Yeah, look, it, it's a cyclical business, and one of the things that I did with my um, with during the downturn and with the settlement we got from General Motors from having to say goodbye to the Cadillac franchise, which we'd had for 75 years, was go back. I called it my own GI Bill. I went back and got my MBA down at Emory in Atlanta. And because there were some things I didn't know that I didn't understand that I wanted to understand about macroeconomics and other things like that. And the thing I think that people need to understand about that last recession is it was, um, you know, it, it was historic in scope. I mean, my I knew it was bad. We joke about it now, but I, my dad, who's unfortunately died a couple of years ago, but when we went in the reception, uh, and I had this conversation with other contemporaries of mine, you know, you go to your father and say, who's at that time he was in his seventies, like, you know, what do we do? Holy, mm-hmm. you know, this is terrible. And he said. I don't know. I mean, nobody at the time that recession rolled around, nobody alive remembered anything that bad, right? So the next recession we have almost certainly won't be that bad. There were so many structural elements that were in place. I mean, we'll have a recession, and and in any cyclical business, you 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 look out for that out of a corner of your eye. You watch it, and you you know you you plan for it. But I don't think, uh, knock on wood, um, we're not going to see anything like that again for quite some time. Well, uh, I'm going to get to a break here in a minute and then do uh, one more segment with Tim Kelly, my guest on the Stone On Air uh, podcast. But before I do that, uh, I'll save a couple things I was going to do now and do the, do it next segment. But uh, you, you mentioned going back to Emory and um, and and brushing up on things you you didn't know much about to yeah. try to help uh, for, for future business, whatever it might end up being. Yeah. And I, so I bring this up because you said that and I was already kind of thinking this line anyway. What do you tell the guy like me? who has been a clock-in, clock-out, salary-negotiated employee their entire life, who is, I'm 36 years old, close, well... I'm closer to thirty. I'm right in the middle, about halfway to thirty-seven. Close enough. What 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 do you tell that person who is now trying to branch out into a more an entrepreneurial kind of thing, thinking, hold on, I maybe I can make my own income. Maybe sure. I can do something other than what I'm used to. But keep in mind, I've been doing it since I was eight, seventeen and a half years old. The way that I've been doing it now, yep. that's a long time, nearly yep. twenty years. What do you tell the person who is who who emotions go up and down sure. from like go, 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 here we go, I'm going to do it, to there's no chance this is going to work. Right, yeah. And that might change on the hour. What do you tell somebody like that who's who's looking into making their own, you know, making their own way? I could tell you a joke. This probably would be the best thing for me <laughs> okay. to do because there's a really good joke about that. But, um, but look, I mean, I would say educate yourself. I'm, you, you're not going to go to school and learn to be – you know, a great entrepreneur, probably a lot of it is just paying attention to how businesses succeed and how they fail. Right. And seeing the world as it is rather than as you wish it were. Right. My, my old man always used to say he had this favorite A.E. Hausman poem that to think that two and two are four and neither five nor three, the world. Oh, hell, I can't remember the rest of it. No, but again, I, I two and two is four. It's not three. It's not five. No matter how much you wish it were. Yeah. Right. It's it's a question of, of being totally and utterly. Um, sober and realistic about the business that you want to go into, uh, you know, what the prospects are. It's so, it's, it's so much harder than I think a lot of people realize because the, the thing that makes, uh, that, that drives entrepreneurs a lot of times is this kind of irrational self-belief, you know, but if you've got that irrational self-belief somewhere, you would better have another person or another part of your personality that is incredibly rational and and says like whoa now you know let's test that assumption and make damn good and sure before we jump off this cliff that there's something down there it's it seems like uh it's it's such an exciting concept yeah but it also can seem like it could be such a heartbreaking concept at the same time well and then the other thing i would say yeah it can you know like every time i'm on the river city board right and and i f- i feel it being an, uh, an entrepreneur I, I, I every time you see a storefront go up and a storefront come back down it drives me nuts i mean i literally lose sleep over it. some poor bastard just lost his life savings yeah. right because he didn't plan well enough or he made the wrong assumptions it's real right and those and and those people just scrabble off god only knows it's just it's a terrible horrible thing and and if it weren't for them there's a really great uh book um by um nicholas um 
uh, Talib, the guy that wrote The Black Swan. And there's a whole chapter in there in which he says, just like we have Veterans Day, we should have a day dedicated to the the the, the failed dead, entrepreneur. Because God, wow. if it wasn't for them, it's a unique thing to American culture. We would not have the degree of innovation and the degree of change no, that right. we have in this country. I mean, trial and error. You got You got to trial and error. And for every one of those, there's some poor bastard that is, you know, out a couple hundred thousand bucks and is back, you know, working at Subway trying to get his shit together. Yeah. And it's just, it's a. It's so, what I'm saying is, it's you'll go behind a restaurant, like I think at Zars or Shannon's still got something up that says, like, you know, the only, the most overrated thing in the world is owning your own business. I wouldn't say that exactly, yeah. but it's just so much, there's so much more to it than people realize. Tim Kelly, I appreciate you being in here on the Stone right. on Air podcast. We'll take a break here real quick. We'll come back. I got a radio Rorschach test. Now, I get that from our buddy Jeff Styles over at, uh, I'll get it right this time. Talk Radio 102.3. The difference is, though, I'm actually going to do one. Jeff always says he's going to do it, and then he he doesn't do it. I'll explain more about that when we get back here on the Stone on Air podcast. There shouldn't be, I got to check out Amazon, talking to Tim here in the break, but there shouldn't be many places left where you can't find this podcast. So if you've got anything on your phone downloaded that, that finds podcasts, it should be available. Just, just uh, search Stone on Air. And it should be there. If you're having trouble, well, clearly you're not having that much trouble because you're you're listening now and you found it. But um, that's the goal anyway. And next week I'll give you some more specifics about what we're doing going forward. When I say we, as always, I mean I. So stone on our podcast. <laughs> we'll be right back. Uh, Stone's Throw segment, I always have the Courtney Barnett tune, Pedestrian at Best. This is uh, another tune of hers called An Illustration of Loneliness. So again, we'll listen for a minute. Stone on Air podcast on August 4th, 2016. My guest today, Tim Kelly. Tim was just asking me off air when did she play at Bonnaroo's two years ago, and that was when I discovered her. Thank you, Brad Guy, Brad Steiner, who always giving me you know what for not talking about him on the air more. He was like, You got to go check out Courtney Barnett. I was like, Yeah, whatever, dude. And then I accidentally stumbled over there. And the next day I was like, hey, man, I saw this chick, Courtney Barnett. It was awesome. He was like, that's who I kept telling you to go see. Yeah. yeah. So thank you, Brad guy. My name is Brian Stone. One segment to go here. Uh, let's see a couple headlines from the last couple of days from the Times Free Press. Americans weigh 15 pounds more now than the mid-90s. It's probably true. Scammers, bug spray, companies capitalizing on fears of Zika. First Zika virus case identified in Hamilton County. I'll ask Tim about that here in a minute, as a matter of fact. Uh, officials warn uh, hot cars dangerous for kids. This just in. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Man bites dog. And uh, July auto sales rose slightly on weaker demand. I uh, saw that in the business section from yesterday. How have sales uh, looked uh, looked for you over at Kelly recently? I mean, you, you, things looking good? 
looking good very enough good anyway? indeed. Yes, yeah, I know you're good. I know you got a good. No, good. no, no. Subaru's Subaru's just a freak. I mean, they, that brand has had year over year sales increases from '07 to current. That's right, like through the recession. So really? it's just it's been. It's as close to bulletproof as any brand. In my experience, Toyota, Subaru, VW. Yeah. Those are the three uh, brands that I am uh, maybe not. I don't buy a lot of cars. So saying I'm loyal to is not probably the right way. But I've I've had lots of Toyota experience and a good amount of Subaru experience. And a lot of people have had them. No. And uh, and then VW, I'm just from, you know, old hippie stuff. Design is their thing. Yeah. You know, they do such a good job with design. And, and Honda's, you know, obviously have a Honda motorcycle store as well, but Honda cars I've always been a big fan of as well. And they, they do they do well. You're right. That's a good way to put it. VW does design better than anybody because yeah. I've always complained in the, in the last 15, 20 years. They don't make a freaking economically priced car. No. They, it's all high end. It used to be you get a bug or a, a beetle or a, a micro bus for $2,000, you know, 35 years ago. Yeah. And now the bug or the beetle is, which is the newest version, is a slick car, man. I don't, I don't generally care what cars look like. It is a very slick and sharp car. It's $26,000. Well, the average, the average, the average car these days is like 32 now get your mind around that that's what the average the average price? Uh, price that's the truth so and like guys like john yeah. lewis who run cumulus media who have a hundred fifty thousand dollar bmw i8 while the entire building is falling down and pays poverty wages Jeez. to all their employees that throws the curve off a little uh, bit yes it does but so, yeah, still, you'd want to know what the median is it's probably a little lower but 32 wow. but yeah the average is 32 all right. Well, uh, like I mentioned going into the break, Jeff Styles, who is a dear friend of mine, even if I talk a little smack about him on here or even in these emails like we talked about in the first segment uh, uh, or the Facebook Messenger with Robert T. Nash, I, I will never say anything here that I wouldn't say to his face. Um, love Jeff Styles. He always talks about the he calls it the Radio Rorschach test, which is, you know, the, the little blurb, the little uh, ink blotches you hold yeah. up and you say, you know, it's, it's that psychology kind of test. First thing that comes to your mind. And he would. So it's short. Senate, you know, short question, short answer kind of thing. Well, Jeff doesn't do anything short or simply no. or small. He 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 says something, and then he talks for 10, 15 minutes. You and ever I get a text from Jeff. You know, <laughs> yes, yes. It's oh my God. punctuation is not great, and there's no uh, takes up your whole screen. There's no paragraphs, and yeah. it's just one long thing. So anyway, I, there's one thing I always get irritated with him is you say, "All right, time for a radio Rorschach test." And then he would just talk for 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you didn't do it. So we're going to try that here. Short questions, short answers. Doesn't have to be one word, you know, a sentence or two, whatever. Sounds fun. Uh, Tim Kelly on the Stone On Air podcast as we put the wraps on it today on August 4th, 2016. Tim Kelly, who will be the next president? Not who you want to be, who will be? Hillary Clinton. You think so? Yes. I, I mean, I, I... I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a... I'm one of these guys that just thinks that Trump is a complete disaster. And even if I liked him, you know, I, I knew that he wouldn't be electable. I, I spent um, a good amount of time in the newspaper business. I was an intern at The Nation magazine, a very left oh, yeah. liberal magazine. And yeah, you know, like 95% of the fifth estate of the journalistic, um, you know, world are, they're, they're left of center, right? Love it or hate it. And they're like waiting for him to get that nomination. I mean, you have any, the long knives haven't even come out yet. So it was just a stupid thing for the GOP to allow him to have a nomination. It's crazy. Uh, hypothetical here. Totally hypothetical. Not not who you think would win, who you would rather win. Say the nominees were Bernie Sanders and Ted Cruz. Who would you rather be if those were your Jeez, two choices? Man. I'm picking would, both extremes on both sides. I would pack my bags. Well, I would consider it too, but you have to pick one. I can, man. I would pick, I would pick Bernie Sanders. Okay. Uh, because because I am more conservative, but I feel but Congress would keep him in check. Cruz is just too incredibly creepy. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Tim yeah. Kelly on the Stone and Air podcast on a scale of of zero to ten, ten being the most de- uh, detrimental effects, zero being none at all on the local aspect of the VW emission scandal. Where where do you put it locally? Not nationally, not globally, but locally. The VW's emission scandal zero to ten as far as detrimental locally long term. Two, two, yeah, so not much. Nah, maybe not not a big deal. I mean, these are the things that inside industry people get upset about, and people rank and file people are like, huh, great. Next, uh, the Heineken commercials say that soccer has arrived. It's here. The the new. It's actually a really good commercial. Yes, it is. 
Do you believe that soccer has arrived like people have talked about since the 1990s now, or are we still waiting on the, 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 the arrival that, that is competitive with the big four hockey, basketball, baseball, and football? I think it is arriving. I, I, the, and the, when I say that, I mean it hasn't peaked yet. But will it? I think the real question is: Has it? Will the tide recede again, and will it go away? No, I don't think it'll ever go away again. It's never going to like fall out of the American consciousness. Because like, like like in 1994, there was uh, I made my years off by a couple, but there was the World Cup in the U.S. Right. and it the was denim just, uniforms and yeah, and, awesome. and, and FIFA uh, video games were out, yep. and everybody was. And, but that was a tide. It went back down. You, you, I don't think the tide's going back down. I I, I think I agree with you on that. Uh, are you afraid of the Zika virus, Tim Kelly, on the Stone On Air podcast? Not in the least bit. <laughs> okay, good. You shouldn't be. No. And uh, final one here, and then we'll put the wraps on the uh, podcast today. Thank you, Tim Kelly, for being here. Your uh, thoughts on uh, Bonnaroo 2016. I saw you uh, and your lovely yes, wife there. Indeed. And, uh, your thoughts. You were there longer than me, as a matter of fact. I left early. Yeah, that was the first time I've stayed on Sunday night. I usually get back and get back to work. Let me, uh, re- let me interrupt you. How many times have you been? Uh, that was my eighth consecutive. Oh wow! Okay, cool. Yeah. So you've got you've got plenty of uh, of, of yeah experience. So uh, rate 2016 because it was a different kind of year. Far as- uh, you know, I would put it on a scale. I mean, it's it was not as good as prior years to me. But but then I don't really go. You know, like I, the Courtney Barnett's of the world and the Sturgill Simpsons of the world that nobody's seen. Those are the stages I go for, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I had never seen The Dead, and I had a, my brother in law came down from New York, and so we stayed Sunday night to see that show, and it was you know it was good. But that stay, I, I go for the smaller stages, yeah. and I go for just the phenomenon as much as anything and the so, vibe and, and the vibe right i i i loved it because uh the, the crowds were lighter now i don't love that for their business model yeah. of course anybody who, who haven't heard they were down 35 40 thousand tickets yeah. I and mean, that's a that's a game changer yeah. uh next year is going to be an interesting year and and how that whole business model goes forward with live nation yeah. taking uh, uh control you know 51 percent of the controlling interest of the festival, so I'm a little I'm a little concerned for the longevity of everything. I've I've I mean I, that, that's my baby. I mean yeah. that's my thing, and I go and, and do a lot of work more you than you did anything a really else. great job by the way with your. Uh, I was sitting in my RV like kicking back, and I'm like I know that guy, and it's you on the on oh, the on radio one, thing. Oh, yeah, cool. I was wondering. Yeah. If, that's another one of those like. Oh, dude, I heard the whole thing. Is that, anybody that, out there? Yeah. When I know why you liked it because your favorite band is like one of my least favorite bands, Pearl Jam. I'm not a fan. Really? I just I, you that, of the age too that I that would have been the age that right but i mean like i came of age when like uh you know normal like alternative music was not on the radio at all and um and and so i developed this real allergy to metal because i, f- I hated it right like i really other than van halen which i liked I, being a musician i hated it and that sort of angry vocal style and the and the guy that changes guitars every time, I just, I, I couldn't do it, man. I just developed an allergy to it, and hmm. I never, and I never got over it. But, uh, and I went to the show because everybody else in my, in my troop was a Pearl Jam fan and loved what he said, loved the message, but, you know, just not my favorite. Well, the fan. problem with that is, and again, we'll, get, we'll wrap this up, but I could, I could talk about it. I could talk about yeah, it for the next sure. two hours. Uh, the, the problem with that show that night was there was the evacuation. Yep. Uh, because of the storm, the, which, the weather. Which we refused to do steadfastly. Well, luckily, I was, I was sitting in my, uh, camp you know a hundred yards from the main stages so i was you know i it didn't bother me at all but that set it back about two hours and uh ed uh, uh vetter was there all day and i know he was doing something with the uh, judd apopo i think Apita- yeah. Apita- how you say his name yeah. uh early on and he was by the end of every show eddie vetter is drunk yeah he was drunk at the beginning of this show yeah. And so, so there was rambling and mess, and he was messing he up words. Job, he, yeah. he held it together pretty good, but I was with some super fans that I had just met. I just kind of got lost, and 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 they were. One of these girls was singing along with a song that I didn't even know the words to, and I was two or three times I'd stop. I'd just be like, "Hey, it's not just me, right?" He just totally jacked up that song, right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that was a disaster. But they they hit it pretty well. But yeah, Bonnaroo 2016 was uh was fun. So I I knew you'd been before. I didn't know that many times, but um, many times would miss it. Hopefully, um, hopefully I can still get credentialed and keep doing this thing next year. We'll yeah. see. But Tim Kelly, thank you for coming in, man. Yeah, thanks for having. Um, me. I know you got a, a lot to do. Busy day, and uh, I'm going to vote. Hanging out, and you should too. Even yeah. if, uh, no, regardless of when you get this podcast, if you're not voting uh, today, vote some other day. Yeah. All right. Uh, but uh, Tim, again, thank you very much. We'll put the wraps on this thing and call it a day. 
We'll do another one next week, and then another one the week after that, and then school starts. And uh, I'll give you more of an idea of where I'm going with this concept. Is it going to be daily? Is it going to be weekly? Is it going to be monthly? I'll tell you more about that next week. And then, as always, always subject to change. Tim Kelly, thank you very much. Will, Will somebody be in here with me next week? Once again, I don't know. Figuring it out as I go. Thank you to Don Hickson and David Mack and anybody who lets me come hang out here on the campus of Chattanooga State Community College and the studios of WAWL.org. By far the nicest studios I've been in in a long time. StoneOnAir.com. Any podcast app out there. I might be missing one or two, but I'm going to change that eventually. I believe just about everything out there that can download a podcast will get this one at StoneOnAir.com. And if anybody should happen to ask, where did that cat go? Just tell him I'm gone.